Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Each week, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Matt Robinson, or another member of the Bethlehem team. We also host a conversation every week where we unpack different facets of Sunday's message. We're so excited about this conversation, and we hope it's a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Well, hey there. I'm Pastor Cody. And I'm Pastor Matt. And we're here on this faithful Thursday to have a conversation. Thanksgiving Day. And it's Thanksgiving. So this is our turkey edition conversation. Turkey bowl edition. Yep. All of you are sitting at home staring at your phones. None of you are talking to family members. Yep. So while you're you're doing that, you might as well watch us talk (laughs) because, you know, we're taking time out of our Thanksgiving to broadcast to you. That's right. We are. You know (laughs) it. Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) It's for sure not Monday. Yeah. (laughs) No. Enjoy this Thanksgiving Day edition of the conversation. Yes. While we're uh, getting interdimensional, introduced. (laughs) Interdimensional. (laughs) Yep. Alex Jones just popped in interdimensional vampires. Um, <laughs> I'm finding the connection between bullies, quitters, seaweed people. Yeah, they, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, and we will find you, yeah, you will. and your Bigfoot companion. Oh, God. Um, so what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Deviled eggs. Really? Easy. Yeah. Can you taste those still? Yeah. Yeah. I ha- I, my taste is like a revised COVID taste. Yeah. You know, I have like kind of the same, but not you really. You have New King James taste. Already, it's but not, not the yet. same. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but like the Maryland twist on deviled eggs. Deviled eggs have always been, I would say, my favorite. The Old Bay on the deviled eggs, though. Well, they put lump crab meat. It, Ooh, and you got to get never them had from that. You got to get them from Michael's. You go to Michael's Cafe. Yeah, finer things, right? The, devil, <laughs> the finer things yeah. club. The deviled eggs with lump crab meat and Old Bay on top. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to take some. Do some, they send it? Oh, they send it. Yeah. I feel like I should go get some for lunch today. Oh, my gosh. They're amazing. Their appetizers there are so good. Yeah. Michael's Cafe. What do they do? They give you like three of those for like $10? Uh, no. <laughs> it's like six for 50. No. <laughs> yeah. But it's worth it. It is. It's so worth it. I love, yeah, I love Michael's. <laughs> what they do is they put a whole crab cake in between two halves of an egg. <laughs> <laughs> it's spectacular. <laughs> and they offer it on a 30 year fixed. And it's great. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's really good. That's my favorite food. What, what's yours? What's your favorite Thanksgiving Day food? I'm really like, so Thanksgiving for me is like my least favorite holiday. Oh, come so, on, man. But, Are you serious? Yeah, I really just don't like all of the foods that historically make Thanksgiving what it is, at least from what I've experienced. I just generally don't care for. Really? Like the some people do sauerkraut. I hate that. I don't like That's egg salad. That's not traditional. Well, I'm just either. throwing food out there. And then like I'm just saying none of that is a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. What would you de- what would you say as a traditional Thanksgiving food? Turkey. Okay. Ma- I like turkey. Mashed potatoes. Yes, but oh. no gravy though. Oh, what's wrong with gravy? I don't like it. That's weird. Well, maybe that's your problem cuz brown the gravy on the turkey is really good. Really? Yeah, and I and I think like most of these Thanksgiving Day meal food, ah my gosh, how did I <laughs> Thanksgiving Day foods <laughs> go well with gravy? Like maybe that's why you're not a big fan. I just have always been like 
once I figured out, uh, so I'm a big texture person um, and it's always just been like weird, especially like after yeah. it sits for a while and it gets like the film on top and I'm like, no, nah, that's gross. And then I figured out what it was and I was like, <laughs> no, nah, that's like double no, like not yeah. for me. Not that I don't eat extremely unhealthy things, I was about to it's say. just not for me. Well, I think so. You I'm have, not going to pretend to be a health nut on air because I'm not. <laughs> well, you, you can't turkey, tell. You have your mashed potatoes, your corn, green beans, just a traditional side. Yeah. Some people have ham. As long know. as they're not straight from a can, though, it's terrible. That's fine. Yeah. yeah it's, if they have bacon, if you cook yes, green beans with bacon, that's they can be from a can. It doesn't matter. That's true. The bacon <laughs> helps. Anything with bacon helps. Uh, stuffing from mm. the turkey. You don't like stuffing? Oh, it, man. Sometimes it just, I don't, it being inside the turkey, it's just kind of a weird, I don't know. We'll just get stovetop. Yeah. Well, and then um, one that my mom always does, um, a couple of things, of course, cranberries, cranberry sauce. Mm. Um, have you heard that of it? It ain't real unless it's still got the cereal number imprinted in it <laughs> from the can. What about um, rutabaga? You ever had that? What the heck is that? You don't know what rutabaga is? I have is? no idea. What if you know what rutabaga <laughs> is. <laughs> Somebody tell me what a rutabaga is. Drop it I don't in the comments know. if you've ever had it. And that may be a southern thing. I don't know. Yeah. But we always have rutabaga every year. sounds like, every a, year. like a stereotypical old person term. Like rutabaga. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 a root, you know, like some sort of turnip root. Also, oh, it's not like R U D. It's like R O O T. No, Omega. I don't think so. I don't know how to spell it, but it's. <laughs> I don't know how to spell it. It just is that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to spell it, but we just call it rutabaga. I think that's what it's called. Some say beggy. I don't. Yeah, but it's wow. it's like a a yellowish orange color, um, and it has a mashed potato kind of texture, I guess ish you know what it's like it's like the cauliflower mashed potatoes you lost me a cauliflower <laughs> <laughs> you totally uh, you, whatever selling you were trying to do it yeah. just fell yeah <laughs> uh then we also do the the celery with the filling you ever have that like peanut butter no it's see like i don't like cream, celery it's like a cream cheese filling and the celery no mm-hmm. oh man yeah you you've i pretty much just do like corn mashed potatoes no green beans like turkey and ham that's, that's okay. what I eat. That's but okay. but to me, it's like if I'm going to like celebrate and go all out for food, like those are like not impressive things to eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're really going to get year. together. Turkeys are like <laughs> 60 bucks. <laughs> right. They are coveted. <laughs> coveted items. Yeah. Those doggone things can't even get your hands on yeah. them. Yeah. But I've always just kind of felt like it's just like very like average. And then it's so thick too. It's not like you can just sit there and eat. Like, for example, like when you sit there and eat crabs. Yeah. Like you can just hang out and eat crabs for hours. And then at Thanksgiving, you make, like, yeah, all this yeah. food, but nobody eats, like, anything because, like, after one plate, it's, like, potatoes and super dry turkey, and it's just, it sits. And then it's, like, and then rolls, and it's, like, well, we're done. <laughs> now we got food for four days. <laughs> I mean, I think, too, that's that's key. You know, if you cook the turkey and it's, and it's dry, nobody's going to like it. Yeah, you I know? do. My uncle fried a turkey one time, and that yeah. was, was really good. Oh, it's delicious. That's worth... That it, look, if you do, if you and I know Greg, if you're watching, which you probably aren't, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know Greg fries turkeys. And Does he? If yeah, if you fry okay. turkeys, your Thanksgiving is acceptable to the Lord. If it's not, if you <laughs> don't, then it's not. <laughs> you're you know you're basically a pagan. So that's funny. Yeah. Um, meat offered to idols. Yep, that's what Pretty it is. Your oven is an idol. I don't mind it when it's cooked in a bag. Yeah, like I'm just turkey, saying you anoint your turkey with frying oil. 
And <laughs> it's a biblical thing. It's gotten weird. <laughs> but we're so thankful that you've joined us yeah, today. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, and we're going to we're going to talk about the message. We're going to have ourselves a convo about his message. Fame and fortune. We're yeah. going to be talking about prosperity. Yep. How you can yep. better yourself financially in 10 ways according to scripture. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh cuz we don't do that crap here. Yeah. Um, true. <laughs> That's what but it is. um well, let's jump in. All right, so let's jump in here. Your message, fame and fortune. Mm. So this is the final installment of his series and second. Are you doing Second Corinthians like again more, or no. is this is this it? So you've just kind of picked that theme throughout yeah. the book, and that's mm-hmm. the one. We just tried this. It was a little different for us. So we got some pretty good feedback. Yeah. I think folks in general enjoyed that. Uh, I think typically preaching through Second Corinthians, I would have taken a lot longer. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, you you'd know. be. You'd be two chapters deep right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's kind of a different way of, uh, and a, just a different approach, um, saying, hey, w- I, I more or less spent a lot of time on the front end of this study, you know, reading through the book over and over. What? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> it was really good. I was, so when I was waiting for your sermon notes to upload over the weekend, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just thinking about that. I forgot to upload those for Drew. I'll have to do that. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> but um, I was waiting for him and I was like, I swear if he names another message circling the wagons, like I'm going to die. <laughs> every, like every finale circle ever is circle the wagons. Circle the wagons. <laughs> Yeah. That was the I think that was your your message finale name on First Corinthians, yeah, no, and Nehemiah, and something else, and every other book I've found. <laughs> every other, yeah, uh, you might as well make it a thing at this point. <laughs> it is a thing, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was neat, you know. Six, it's a six part series. You can view those at our website or on our YouTube channel. It's all parsed out yeah. in like a playlist format. Um, well, I but think it, it's tangible, you know. I think, I think that, so too. You know, it's something to to shoot for reconciliation and. You can get lost in it, you know, as far as like, where does it fit here? Where does it fit here with this week and that week? But part of that is the narrative, right? You know, it's the way he addressed the church. And, you know, we have to consider the fact that this is the fourth letter. So there's context. There's right. other a lot things. of context. Yeah. So, anyway. yeah. And I think, too, like from a meditation perspective, like if this is a topic that you're like, you're thinking about and you're, you're, you're thinking about it from week one and you come back and you're like, okay, what am I? Where are we at with this? This and it just kind of continues, and I it think does. that's a really, a really valuable uh, concept. Yeah. You know, yep, yeah. So it's I'm good. Cut you off? <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. <laughs> yup, yep. yep. So yep. anyway, no. <laughs> um, but if you if you haven't listened to this past week's message, it is in the description as well as the message notes are in the description as well for your yeah. viewing pleasure. So anyway, so to walk us through this idea of fame and fortune, you hit a lot on just. I guess equality, what that looks like from a gospel lens, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe unpack that a little bit for us here. Well, I think, you know, starting in chapter eight, then chapter nine, then chapter 13, you know, and there was, there were false prophet pieces, you know, Mm -hmm. super apostles, like in between, we addressed that last week. Um, But, you know, he's building, this whole thing is, is getting them uh, in the game for this offering. In the game. Yeah, man. So, you know, he's really, and, and it's, 
it's kind of an interesting thing. You could really, if I didn't like Paul, mm-hmm. I would shred him <laughs> with with this book. And I think part of it is like the the idea. And you know, you New Testament scholars out there, you know, you tell me if I'm wrong. But if you're a New Testament scholar watching, I would love for you to message yes, me, please, so I can it. pick your brain and yeah. get smarter. Um, but I think for me, it's it's more. You know, we know that there's more details in Second Corinthians about Paul personally than any other book. And that, that he wrote for, you know, for that matter. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of him, you know, kind of bringing in comparison about with this church of Macedonia, bringing in his own testimony and parts of his own testimony with suffering versus him not taking a salary. There's mm-hmm. a lot that he, yeah. he goes to out there. for himself quite a bit. Yeah. And so I think that there's, there's ample opportunity to kind of like fry him a little bit on some of those things. But instead of doing that, we're taking the approach that, look, this is under Holy Ghost inspiration and that there's something there for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're trying to, to see and, and glean from this narrative and from this story and from his perspective something that will, will change us and will uh, edify us in our sanctification. And so that's the approach that I took. And this thing of reconciliation, how, how does what Paul is teaching and preaching through this letter, how, how does it bring us closer in that process of reconciliation? How does it bring us closer to God, not further from God? How does it bring mm-hmm. us closer into, uh, you know, our purpose and, and not further away? But yeah. Um, anyway, he, th- this title, Fame and Fortune, I picked that because I, I kind of took the passages of this book that were about this offering, you know, and that were really the driving force behind the tail end in chapter 13 where he says, look, uh, let's see what you can do. You know, let, let's see how you're going to really, uh, be a part. And, and, you know, I don't want you to, I don't want you to let yourself down, you know, with what the Lord's called you to do in this area. So I think that there's a lot to consider a lot of things. Uh, there's a ton of financial implications. And then instead of leaving it just on financial implications, um, you know, which I think would, would have been easy to do. Um, Paul is driving home this narrative of equality uh, robed in generosity. Yeah. And so he uses that word and it's, you know, I highlighted it, highlighted it in my notes and in, uh, in the sermon of, of just how many times he said generosity. Uh, and it's quite a few. And it's, it's all in, in the, and looking through the lens of, of equality and what that looks like. And the reason is, is because, this piece of generosity he's he's trying to get them to be a part of is for the people group of those that are in Jerusalem, those Jews that are struggling. So, you know, he's asking a diverse congregation of all different types of people to give to this specific people group, these suffering Jews in, mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. And that's what this special collection that he keeps referring to, this ministry to the saints is another way that he frames it. Yeah. Um, that That's what he's trying to get them to be involved with. So all of those things fitting together, uh, it, it really just paints an interesting picture for us to be challenged, really. You right. Know, I was just very challenged by all of it. Um, and, and that was my goal. My, my goal was kind of to convey this school of thought of, of what it looks like to be gospel centered, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and how we live that out. Yeah. And I think what's obvious. And when I was listening to it, it even hit me. I was like, Oh, I didn't give this week. I should probably do that right now. And Mm -hmm. I did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, there's no, there, there is not a, 
when when you think about being gospel centered, like we cannot be gospel centered and have our money on the outside of that. Mm-mm. Like money is an integral part. What or what we do with our money rather is an integral part of what it means to live a gospel centered life. Yeah. Uh, you just you can't separate those two things, and I think we like to because it's like I worked for this. This is for me. You know. And you you made a comment a couple of weeks ago like some of you guys are new and you know you feel like it's uh you know like you threw twenty bucks in the plate and you're like yeah you know I'm I'm doing it and you are right <laughs> like you're you are giving yeah um but you know having our roping our finances into how we view the world and what we would what we can do to deploy you know the gospel into the world is a big deal and I think that it is such a good measuring tool right. Uh, I have to be careful of how heavy I lean into it mm-hmm. uh, from the pulpit even. And that's where, you know, I kind of bring this line in between those that are preaching the prosperity gospel. What they're doing is they're saying, if you give to my ministry, you will get back what you want. And yeah. that is whatever you desire. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that giving is an end is an end or means rather. It is a means rather to the end of something that is temporal, of something that is uh, what you think will make you happy, what you think is your uh, purpose in life, of what you think you want to have. And that is absolutely uh, the opposite of what that grace giving looks like in the New Testament. And if anything, it is you give, right, to be able to steward for an eternal purpose. You know, you give not for a, not, not even for an immediate return. Right. We know that the Lord's going to give it. Why? Because he's going to give it to you to continue to equip you to do what you've already proven that you will do. Right. And I think that there's this, um, you know, people who will read, you know, Malachi chapter three is an example of just something that's poorly taken Mm -hmm. out of context in in most circles, I would say, um, the concept of tithing and what exactly that means. And basically it, you know, it ends up being described as like you give your money and then the mob boss is happy and you were protected and you will likewise receive rewards for that and so some people i think give just because they are like well i don't want anything bad to happen so i'm going to keep they're giving scared. they're scared but yep. new testament giving is not giving to get something given back to you it's giving because you believe yep. in what your money is going towards you believe that <laughs> the kingdom of god is the ultimate kingdom that yeah. we serve and that our resources as much as we can should be deployed to right. that. Right. And and this is and this is kind of that fine line of where we are in 2021 versus where they are. Mm-hmm. We're continuing to give to that kingdom. And and I think sometimes where it gets blurry for people is sometimes that is giving to someone physically. Yeah. For but, sure. But more often than not, and this is kind of what I was conveying through the sermon, more often than not, or what I was trying to convey, is that is that is giving to someone's spiritual well-being in 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, there are ministries that we have that are missions, my, that are missions focused. Um, you know, my wife and I participate in other extracurricular giving outside of church that is for for people's specific needs. And, you know, there are folks that... We help, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. It's just the reality of what happens when, when you live your life in a gospel center way, you know, the Lord will reveal to you people that need what you have, people, people that could use what you have that, why? Because he's the one who's given it to us. And so, you know, there, there are certain circumstances where you give to someone, but 
on the larger, grander scale, we should be focused on propagating the gospel, on bringing God's kingdom about into this world right now. And how does God do that? The church. Right. The church, the local church is God's plan um, for for saving the world, for preparing the bride. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, folks get, they, they get sideways when it comes to their money because of the way it's spent or the way that it's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I would agree that, that it can get sideways and it can get messy. But the overall focus of my message here at this point is your involvement. Where are you at in this scope of reasoning with your own finances and with your own giving? Because we can talk about, you know, fiscal responsibility within the church and Mm -hmm. what we do here to make sure that it, it goes to the right places and is used for the gospel. Um, but ultimately before we get to that part of the conversation, it is how much are (laughs) you conversation? (laughs) How much are you participating? And that's what Paul is saying. Look, you should be participating, not because you saw what that other church did down the road. I mean, they did, Macedonia did this out of extreme poverty. Think about what you could do. And that's kind of where I'm burdened for our church. I know what's, I know some of the things we're going to announce. I know what's coming down the line. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know what the Lord is calling us to do in our leadership. And it's more, it's more. Yeah. It's always going to be more at Bethlehem church. The Lord is calling us to greater things, to reaching more people, to building a larger facility here. That's it's no mystery, right? We've been talking about it for months Mm -hmm. over uh, several years at this point. And so, uh, what that takes is a group of people that are committed, uh, not just saying, yeah, that's my church, but there's a track record that shows that your heart is here through your fiscal responsibility. Yeah. And so Paul doesn't separate those things. He combines them. Mm-hmm. He says, look, these are, these are interwoven. They are interconnected. And so rather than having this mindset of how much are you giving? Are you giving 10%? Are you tithing? And, and I don't beat people up for saying that. You know, the, even Sunday, I, I kind of poked a little bit at it during the message. Um, but New Testament giving is always more than 10%. Mm-hmm. Always. Whenever you look at what these folks are doing, it's it's because they, they strongly believe in the message of the gospel. They strongly believe in what the Lord is doing. And so they look at what they have, not as something for them to consume, but as something God gave them to steward for God's coming kingdom. Yeah. And that flushes out in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. I think I think maybe the hang up for some and I've I've heard some people say, you know, like I think that giving and this concept of generosity, they're like, Oh, well I'm I'm generous, you know, I give to this animal shelter and this and that right. or this organization and those are all like really good things. And a lot of people talk about, you know, how neglected you know, especially from like the Edenic narrative and what the ultimate purpose of mankind is, like earth care. You know, like people give to these things and they give their time to to clean up and and whatever. Um, And all of those things are important. But I think that what overshadows all of it is like, hey, you know, we are called, you know, yes, to be good stewards of our planet and yes, to to take care of God's good world. But we are called primarily to preach the gospel. And if if all of those other things are overshadowing or taking away from what we can do for the kingdom of God, then that's a mistake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carmen, I know Carmen's listening to this or watching. Um, we used to ride down the road and he would like throw something out the window 
And he'd be like, I ain't littering. He's like, this world's going to burn up one day, and I'm just adding kindling to it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's a, you know, and yeah, that, that kind of sums up kind of how I... Well, I think part of it is, is if we truly care about this world, you know, we will redeem the souls of this world. Right. You know, because that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. We know what, we know what sin entropy and the chaos that is ensuing is because of a sin nature. For sure. That's, that's evident. That's corrupting this planet. Right. More greed and right. You know, and all of these other things that contribute to, Yeah, it's not coal. Right. It's sin, you know, and and if we can figure that out, right, then the gospel, and this is kind of where the racial piece came in on mm-hmm. Sunday. And it's hard, it's it's unavoidable, right? Because he's saying equality, equality is the point. And if you are looking at them as a son and daughter, right, not they're your son, but your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're all sons and daughters of, of the Most High King, that ends racism. Yeah. It, it, ends, it is. It ends it. Right. And it, it brings us all into this umbrella that if they need something and I have something, I have it so that they can have it. Mm-hmm. Think about <laughs> think about the exchange there, right? If what you have is meant for someone else, when we hoard it, right, when we say, no, this is mine and not ours, right, uh, we not only miss a blessing, but we sin. Yeah, it's preferring ourselves over someone else. And and I know, you know, many are thinking to themselves and I get it because it's hard to reconcile this. I feel I feel like if we all were to do this at once, if we all were to say, OK, let's all have this mindset together right now. And we all were to dive in together, it would be OK. Yeah, we wouldn't be as scared, you mm-hmm. know, but this is part of the complexity of the amount of churches that we have, the differences of opinion, yeah. the splintering that has taken place over right. the last 2,000 years where we think, well, we kind of are on our own. We kind of have to take to take care of what we have. You know, mm-hmm. There isn't as much interconnectedness as one would have thought as there was for sure during this day. Yeah. Right? So I, I think all of that plays into... Us saying, I, I need to uh, I, I need to preserve what I have. I, I need to protect my family and, and my own. And, and when we lean into God's promises, the Lord says, I'm your protector. I will take care of you. Yeah. And so uh, I think that I'm not saying it has to happen overnight or that it's going to be this complete transformation. But part of reconciliation that, that we need to see is that we are allowing the Lord to use what he has given us for his kingdom. And in order for that to take place, you have to be willing. And that was yeah. point number one. Yeah. Know? And in Paul's mind, God is reconciling the world to himself mm-hmm. and we need to be a part of that. Yeah. And that is it's finances. That's yeah. time. That's, that's just how we do life in general. Our whole life, the week of fatigue, suffering, right. The bad yep. things that we endure, everything it's, it's, it's all has it. to do with God reconciling the world to that's himself. Right. Yeah. When we look at health problems in this world, we need to look at it through this context and through this lens that the Mm -hmm. world is groaning. We are being purged of our sin and the gospel, the gospel is the only lens that we look through that makes sense of suffering. The only lens, right? That's a fellowship with the suffering that Jesus had. It's the only, the gospel is the only lens to look through when it comes to racial inequality it literally makes us all brothers and sisters, yeah. sons and daughters, all of us. It's the only thing to look at when it comes to fiscal responsibility. Are you amounting wealth for what? 
Like we are mm-hmm. missing this. And if we get this, if we capture this idea of reconciliation, and if we do it together, church, if we do it together, even, and, and generally speaking, you look at the numbers as far as like on the fiscal side of things, you know, 10% do 90% of the lifting yeah, on this. Very and, true. And that's not the case for our church, I would say. I think it's probably 15. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it's probably a little bit different. But, um, you know, the idea is if we were to all, it's not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. If we all were to peer into what we have. And and for some of you, this it is when you're in that older life stage. When you're mm-hmm. saying, okay, I, I've... I've acquired some things, you know, how are you going to deploy that? Are you going to deploy it to where, you know, and I'm preaching to myself here. I'm, I'm very young, you know, I'm, I'm just getting started. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably 10, 15 years into, uh, what I have now, as far as what it's taken me to get to where I am. And I have goals of where I'm headed and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at all of that through the lens of what I'm able to accomplish as a pastor as a son and daughter of the Most High King, what I'm raising and rearing my children to do, um, all of that. Like, and, and I even mentioned this on Sunday, you know, from the perspective of, uh, you know, owning a business uh, to pastoring, like all, all roads lead back to this thing of how can I make the biggest gospel impact uh, with my life? And, you know, I had a lady stop me on, on Sunday and said, I, I'm looking... Uh, and, and I won't say who it is, but, and I'm going to meet with, with, uh, her and her family when, when we get back from, from Thanksgiving trip. But she said, I'm still looking for that thing that the Lord has for me. I, mm-hmm. I still, I know that there's, I know that there's something. And I said, well, you know, I might have just the thing, you know, and it was just something that I was thinking about in that moment. But yeah. some of you that are in your, you know, you're up in years and you're thinking, and there's nothing that I can do. Well, no, there's absolutely things that you can do. And if you have done well financially and fiscally, if you involve yourself in those ways within our church and within the context of the gospel, I can't imagine the feeling that that you would receive from that. I know the feeling that I received just being involved in the here and the now, but think about the fact that you've gotten yourself to this place and when you realize that, oh my goodness, the Lord has been uh, leading me all along. I've been able to do this with his, his power. And then when we see, when all of that comes together and we go, man, this could be used for something gospel-centered. Like the feeling, the joy that you get is the same type of feeling that Paul was urging this church to get. Don't miss out. Be a part. And that's the that's the incredible thing that we still have this outlet. We still have this avenue. And here we are 2000 years later. Yep. Still having this conversation. Yeah. Fame and fortune. Are you are you really after what the world has to offer? Or are you looking for being famous in the kingdom of God? You know, and that's really a, a terrible way of putting it, but it yeah. puts it in, in the context of what we're talking about. It really does. And I had literally the same conversation with our teenagers on Sunday. Mm. You know, do <laughs> why do we continue to pursue things that the public eye knows bring emptiness and just and nothing? Like, why? Yeah. Why do we dedicate our lives chasing these rabbits? Yeah. We don't need to. Yeah, and I think just to to give another, and we're we're just spitfiring, just spitfiring here. as yeah. we do. But I think this this gives, um, you know, it gives credence to this idea of being responsible. And and 
specifically that there's all this financial talk within, you know, the last little bit of this letter. And of course what Sunday's message was, you know, that's why it really matters for us to be fiscally responsible. Yeah. You know, if you are foolish and that's why I'm not saying give everything that you have. Absolutely not. Prosperity gospel preachers will encourage you to give it all right to them. And, and, you know, I read that book, God, greed, and I think it was God, greed, and the prosperity gospel, you know, and these, these faith healers are going to countries telling the poorest of the poor to give all that they have for healing. And so that the Lord will make them rich Mm -hmm. and none of them get rich. None of them. Honestly, it's terrible. It's horrific. It's terrible. But that's the type of behavior where someone is a thief breaks through and steals and destroys. A thief will bring an end to what you have and what you have worked hard for. And that's what Satan does. Satan devours. He consumes. Mm -hmm. Jesus gives you an outlet, you know, shaken down, pressed together, running over. And and the same language is used in in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 here, where he talks about uh, this idea of it's it's you deciding, you partnering to give, but it continues. It it's a flow. Um, it never ends. It's living water, right? So when we connect these uh, these thoughts, right? The, the same thing that Jesus was preaching, the same thing that Paul is trying to teach is that if you are plugged into the source, if you are doing this thing in the right way, this, this financial thing, right? Let's just take that one part, that one piece. This is something that's going to continue. It's something that you're going to be able to do your entire life. It's not something that, well, I, I gave it all. No, that's not what he's looking for. He's right. looking for a partnership. He's looking for someone that says, I will steward, Lord. I will steward. And that's someone, someone that has to know. That's someone that has to know what their budget is. That's someone who has to know what's in their checkbook, you know, the balance of their checkbook. You know, this is where it's not easy. It's folks that, and here's where you pull in the willingness and the hard work and the character into this thing. It's not a, a if I do this, it's miraculous, Right. There's a miraculous piece to it, but that's God's piece where he continues to bless you and lead you and, and give you wisdom, right? There's so much of the miraculous that's involved with it, but our part is getting up, going to work. You know, I'm, I'm blown away at times by the, the lack of work ethic and the lack of, you know, especially among younger folks these days. You know, where they want everything that their parents have, but they sleep till nine, ten o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and it's just or some even later, you know, and they for sure don't work third shift. And and that's where this part comes in of of hard work and effort. And I think that in our congregation, you see a lot of the older that gets frustrated with the younger, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't have those things on lockdown, but they do. But yet the older are giving now begrudgingly they're giving saying if i didn't do this then things wouldn't continue Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a holistic thing where we are together working where the some of you uh that have this on lockdown you need to talk to some of the younger ones you need to tell them Uh, you need to have those hard conversations with your kids and with your grandkids about working hard you need to not bail them out financially when they encounter struggle when they encounter issues and well, I'll just foot the bill. Well, I'll just do that. You're not training them to be gospel centered. Yeah. You're it training them to be dependent 
a hundred percent. And so we can see this, like this holistic thing that comes around that money in general is uh, a big revealer of where our heart is and also where our character is. You know, if you are not disciplined in this area and, and mind you, we could, we could go a hundred different directions with this talking about debt, talking about laziness, work ethic, all of that. But the, the fix is for, for us to really focus on the gospel and understanding what is at stake. Paul specifically knew what was at stake for those, um, you know, for those saints at Jerusalem. And this church really needs to, to get involved. But ultimately, uh, as he sums up this letter, he says, look, it's going to hurt you, Church of Corinth. If you're not participating, it's going to hurt your spirituality. Yeah. And some of you, this is an easy way. Just look at your bank statement. Just go back six months. How much have you given? How much have you made an impact uh, with the things of God, with your pocketbook, with your wallet? Um, And if it's not what you think it should be, if it's not even the low watermark tithe that we talk about, then reevaluate. Like, let's get serious about this thing. And chances are, if that's not right, the other areas of your walk with the Lord are not right. And it's a great thermometer uh, just for all of us to kind of look at and say, okay, what's the temperature? Where are we at? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, great series, great message. And honestly, very, uh, this conversation is very fitting (laughs) for just kind of a reset for Thanksgiving Day, you know, because we, it all goes together. We're approaching a season of, buy, 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 hoard, you know, trample people in the store. (laughs) So keep these things in the back of your mind because they're, they're very important. And these are tools that we can use to allow ourselves to live a better uh, gospel centered life. Spread the kingdom. I think even before we sign off too, it's like you bring up that point that we could be doing so much better this holiday season with our children, you know, with our Advent readings, with explaining to them when we look at Jesus and ultimately that's what Paul did you know, he says, Jesus is our greatest example of this. Mm-hmm. He's Jesus is the greatest example of stewarding things really well. Yep. And that wasn't from the perspective of he had a ton. It's he had a ton and he gave it all up. Right. Like he was, he is the epitome of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And so don't let this season pass, like Cody said, where we don't focus on that, you know, and maybe that's something that we can do just like put out some tangible things next week during the conversation yeah. um, that, that we could help our children with. And mm-hmm. I think Operation Christmas Child. It's really good. That's been neat. So the, um, if you do have ch- children in our uh, kids program, they will be bugging you for money for the next like five weeks because uh, we're raising money for, for one of our missionary families through what I call the Joy Fund. Oh, that's um, cool. And they're competing to see if the boys or the girls can raise more money. Oh, that's awesome. So we'll see see who wins. It'll probably be the girls. Yeah, man. <laughs> Always. Because they're hustlers. If they really are. got anything to do with it. Yeah. Well, she came up to me yesterday and she was like, this is before service and she saw the buckets. She was like, Joy Fund, what is that? And uh, she, I was like, oh, we're going to be raising money for our missionary families. And she was like, Oh, well, I have $39 at home that I've saved up. <laughs> and like exactly you, $39. She'll, she'll give it all, too. That yeah. child is is definitely geared that way. I, I've got, <laughs> we have to teach her fiscal responsibility. She's like, oh, Dad, I don't, I don't need it. I just gave all of it. I know. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to be, it'll, it'll be like at the end of the month, it'll be like thirty nine oh five versus like $2. <laughs> 
<laughs> Prove me hilarious. wrong. Prove I, me wrong. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, we love you all so much. Thank you for hanging out with us. And I pray that the Lord will just impress on your heart uh, to, to lean in, to look at your life and in every aspect and see how can you be more gospel-centered. I know that the Lord was reconciling my behind to him every week yep. in every category. And, and I hope that you... Uh, seek the Lord in the same way. <laughs> You're over here like, boy, he's painting my back porch red every week, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Tanning my behind. <laughs> well, we love you. We appreciate your viewership and yes, listenership. And uh, enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving. We'll see yeah. you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless you less. <laughs> Bye now. Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc. And also, in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description, and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.